so in the 70s, there was a uh, exercise that they used to do on retreats. It was part of what they called values clarification. And it was a way to get people to think about what their priorities were. And I put on my Wednesday Facebook message that, uh, so it said, so your house is on fire. You can go in and get three things. What will those three things be? And the idea of it is, is that whatever you grab tells us a lot about you. It tells us about what you value most in life. I was at a conference some years ago for priests and the, and the speaker suggested, he said, well guys, if you want to really find out where your priorities are, look in your calendar and your checkbook. So where you spend most of your time and where you spend most of your money. Well, as I posted the three things in the fire on the uh, Facebook this week, there were a lot of people that responded and one uh, young woman that I had in college said, well, I'd take my two cats and they can have everything else. Um, but it really wasn't about the stuff, huh? The idea of it is, is how do we take a look at what's most important in our lives? And so much more important than what you're going to grab on the fire is what is going to really be the telling legacy of our life? What would be the thing that they might put on your tombstone to say what was most important, okay? And so that priority then becomes not just something that we talk about, but it becomes really a way of living. So the scripture readings that we have this week, and I think are a great reflection on that, and it really is pretty timely, as always, the scriptures tend to be very timely for things that are going on in the world. So the first reading that we have from the book of Kings, uh, so talks about, so the prophet Elijah comes and he says, come on, I want you to work with me. And so Elisha says, well, let me take care of my family first. So he, he takes the 12 oak of yoke, uh, yoke of oxen and slaughters them. Now he had one hell of a barbecue going on if he had 12 oxen, okay? And then he took the rest of the equipment and he used it to, to, to do the fire. And he took care of his family, he must have had a big family. And then he went and followed. So the first point that we take a look at is that our lives are always a response to God's call. It's not just about what I want to do, okay? But it's always a response to God's call. And so he said, okay, I'll do that, but I'm going to take care of these daily things that I need to make sure that everybody has enough to eat, okay? And then we take this great reading, that second reading that we have uh, from Romans, and the thing that was, I think, significant about it is, uh, of course, Paul doesn't ever pull any punches, but he says, brothers and sisters, for freedom Christ set us free, so stand firm, do not submit again to the yoke of slavery, for we are called for freedom, brothers and sisters. You know, that word's been bantered around a lot in our country the last few years. And certainly this week we heard a lot about freedom. There's one thing that you need to understand, though, is that freedom as defined by the scriptures is a heck of a lot different than how the world defines freedom. And so the world defines freedom as me and my rights. Me and my rights. It's all about me. And Paul tells us in that reading from Romans that we are freed for others. We are freed for service for others. So we are freed for love. Remember what the scripture reading is that we've heard referred to a lot from Ash Wednesday, okay? God says, return to me with your whole heart. So it's always about love. It's not just about what me and, and, and what I want. And so when Paul was talking about don't return to slavery, slavery is just me, myself, and I. 
And that will never make us happy, ultimately. And so this idea about love your neighbor as yourself, we have that down, but we have it backwards. We usually hate our neighbor the way we hate ourselves. That's why we're in such a mess right now. So we are freed for others, not freed to do what I want to do because this is the way I want things. And then we have this wonderful gospel today. And I, I think that it's really instructive uh, in this gospel because Jesus is really trying to get us to take a look again at this idea of our priorities. And so um, they were on this road trip and they came into a Samaritan town. Now remember, the Samaritans were outcasts. And so they wouldn't, they wouldn't welcome Jesus because they found out he was on his way to Jerusalem. And so that was politically and theologically, it was a problem, okay? And so James and John, okay, the two disciples whom Jesus loved, um, responded the same way that you and I do when things don't go the way. Should we tell them to go to hell? Should we rain down fire upon them? And what did Jesus do? He rebuked him. He said, guys, we don't operate like that. And they just went to another village. And then there are these three calls, these three, uh, and remember that Peter denied Jesus three times, and later on he had three times that he could again say, I love you, I love you, I love you. And so now we've got this interesting enough to set up these, these three things about what does it mean to follow? What does it mean to follow? And so each time there was a response that said we need to take a look at what the main thing is. What's the main thing? Well, I want to go back and say goodbye to my family or I want to go bury my, bury my dad. And Jesus really wasn't being crass and say, well, don't worry about your family. But he's saying the kingdom of God becomes the most important thing. I think that that's why we as Christians have gotten so comfortable with rules. Because if I do the rule, that means I got it made. I can check it off. And remember, God never said to us, return to me with your whole rule. <laughs> he said, return to me with your whole heart, huh? And so it's, it, that's always a challenge for us. And so to me, as the life of the Christian, the thing that makes it so challenging is not about following the rules. The thing that's challenging about being a Christian is keep the main thing the main thing. And that's always, what is the most Christian thing? What's the most Christ-like thing in any given situation that I'm called to do? Not the law. Not the law. It doesn't mean the laws aren't important. But, but the laws need to serve a purpose. If they don't serve Christ's purpose, then that's not the point. And so this idea about priorities is, is a challenge for us because in any given situation, we need to say, okay, what's the... What's the main thing that I'm called to here as a Christian? So how should that influence what I do? So again, it's, it's not about just getting in the Jesus part. So I have this week and I'm good if I got to church and then I can go back and do all the rest of this important stuff during the week. No, how does my belief in Christ impact everything that I think, say, and do during the week? Okay, it doesn't mean that you're gonna be down at the feed store uh, quoting Bible passages to people who are going by. But it does mean that in any given situation, you say, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? You know, I know that I feel really strongly about this, or I'd like to wring this person's neck right now, but all right, what do you want me to do? How can I best handle this situation? 
That's keeping the main thing the main thing. It's keeping Christ the priority. Rules can be very safe. But you can follow all the Christian rules and not be Christian at all. I hate to say that, but it's true. Because if your heart is not in it, those rules don't mean a dang thing. And so it's being aware and asking God for help, or like we said in Pentecost, come Holy Spirit when you're ready to throttle somebody. How do I keep Christ in the center of everything that I do? And so it's not just a values clarification thing. It's not just about what am I going to grab in the house if the house is on fire. But our lives, there's heat there. And you and I are called to respond in, in, in a loving way. And so what, in the final analysis, I remember my Lutheran, Norwegian Lutheran grandmother used to say, Johnny, people vote with their feet. In other words, the things that are most important, people get done. Ultimately, ultimately, that's true. So as we continue to pray today, we, we don't just get this checked off our list. Yes, it's great we're in church and it's great that we're praising God. But if this is just compartmentalized and tomorrow I can go back to being a jerk for the rest of the week until Sunday morning, then somehow what happens at this altar has lost its effect. So we ask Christ to help us to be more aware, more in tune, or maybe just more in our heart. So that everything we say, everything we think, and everything that we do somehow is anchored back in what Christ calls us to be. We pray that we might be more faithful to that in our hearts, in our minds, in our speech, in our actions, in our very lives.